This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Cup Podcast. Well, of course, Tottenham have just drawn 2 2 at Stanford Bridge against Chelsea. Um, what a game. I tell you what, Antonio Conte has just been given a red card, same as Thomas Tuchel. We have got so much to talk about. Let's introduce our very special guest this evening. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Ricky, how are you? I am good, my friend. I am good. I'm, I'm even better after that last-minute goal there that Harry Kane scored. So, listen, just before that was happening, I didn't know what I was going to say tonight. But now, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's have it. Let's bloody well have it. We've also got actor Darren Hart back with us. Darren, how are you doing? I'm good, gentlemen. I'm glad to be back in the game. <laughs> And we, we've also got TV and radio presenter Russ Williams back with us. Russ, how are you? Very good. Nice to be back with you all. Hello, viewers. Excellent. Uh, what a game. What a game. Russ, let's start with you. Um, yeah. Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on that game. Of course, I've been saying all week, um, 30 years of the Premier League, we have only won at Stamford Bridge once. That was back four years ago, back in 2018. Um, I woke up this morning. I must say I was feeling extremely nervous about this game. I absolutely mm-hmm. hate going to Stamford Bridge, but it does feel yeah. good, the fact that we got a point today, um, oh. because let's be honest about it, the, the performance from Spurs today wasn't that great. It wasn't. Uh, being a, uh, a pro, I've... Uh much of the amusement of my, my family, I've made notes while I was watching the game. So this is uh, what I wrote. Koulibaly, free kicks, th- three exclamation marks. Arg, outnumbered midfield, dragging back three all over the place. 
Havertz chance, ha-ha, save Hugo. And uh, then fabulous goal, Koulibaly. So uh, that was the opening salvo. Um, my, my view is that, uh, you know, as Conte said after the game, we've improved a little bit from last year. They're a very good, you know, we hate to say it, they're a very good football team. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was very, very difficult. Harry was pretty anonymous, but of course popped up. You never write him off, as we know, at the end of the game. Uh, but I thought our major problem uh, was the passing was off. And that was because of their pressing, their formation. And, and Conte, just after the drinks break, was screaming at them all, calm down, calm down. And it was a little bit sort of rabbits in the headlights, but it did get better. The substitutions in the second half made uh, a bit of a difference. And, uh, of course, there was lots to talk about in the second half. Tuchel moaning after his red card. He should have had one for running down the touchline. But some reason, they let him off. But he got one in the end. Uh, but if he had have got one for running down the touchline after being yellow carded, Conte wouldn't have got a red card. So, uh, you know, it's all right for him to moan about offsides and fouls and what have you. But uh, they're pretty good at the old dark arts and we're getting better. Darren and I were just talking about it. And Ricky, before we came on, that was the best bit. The dark arts are sneaking into the club and it's great. Thank you. Right. Russ, on, on the point of uh, of Chelsea playing well today, and I completely agree with you, yeah. um, their part yeah. today was uh, exceptional, uh, you know, at, at times. Um, were you surprised by their performance today? Because they were pretty poor last week. I know they won 1-0 at Goodison Park, but that was a pretty poor performance from them last week. Yeah, it was. But no, they upped their game for us. First home game of the season. And, you know, they've got some really good players. And they're no mugs. I wish they were. Um, but it, it, it didn't surprise me that they came out of the blocks. In fact, I thought the first five minutes we were pretty good, actually. And then we started to get overwhelmed and uh, things started to go wrong a little bit and we were hanging on. Um, but no, I wasn't surprised because, um, you know, hate them or hate them, uh, they're winners, you know, and that's a fact. Darren, let's come to you. Your thoughts on today's game? Well, even before the game, I was optimistic. I was very optimistic. I didn't think we was going to go and lose this game. I just felt it in my waters and I called it out there. A lot of the Spurs fans were messaging me and I was the picture of positivity. We're not going to lose this game. And there were so many moments in this game where this, people have already broken down. Russ broke that down amazingly well about how Chelsea dominated the ball, dominated position. We did not great. However, there's so many bits to break down in that performance that I've seen a lot of positives. I know Everyone will say it was a bad game for us. But coming out of that game, there was so much we can carry forward into our season. Honestly, that that result, the way the goal went in at the end, the dark arc being infiltrated into our team and our squad, there is so much that we can take from this. First fans, if you're in a place tonight feeling sweaty because of the heat and Tottenham have got you all riled up, I'm here to tell you it's a good place to be. And we've got a point from Chelsea. And as you said, Chris, their fans are livid right now. Livid! Happy days ahead. <laughs> I did say, actually, I I'm sat in the car just a few miles away from Chelsea. And, uh, you know, when I was on the train, this short trip here, um, the Chelsea fans, like you just said, Darren, uh, we discussed off air. Um, the Chelsea fans are absolutely gutted. And uh, I tell you what, um, they will be gutted because, Darren, they had a number of opportunities today, a number of clear-cut chances that they missed. 
But you know what, Chris? The thing that Chelsea fans need to realise, which I realised for them, is I expected them to do what they did today, have so much of the ball. They've got a great midfield. They passed the ball beautifully well. But they brought Raheem Sterling as their number one striker. He's not a striker. He's not yeah. that guy who's not going to get the goals for them. So what they found themselves is in situations where they were manoeuvring our midfield all over the place. They ran us ragged. But then when it came to in front of, the, in front of goal, they had three chances. That's all they had. And that is going to be their problem. That's what they need to work on. For us, there were elements in our game that we need to look at. But if they go home now, livid, going, we nicked it and it wasn't deserved, blah, blah, blah. They're also not going to analyse their own issues. We've got issues that we need to look at. They've got stuff they need to look at. We have a Harry Kane in our team. We have a now a Richarlison who came on and that was a big highlight for us when he came on. Yeah. Busy, aggressive, movement, focal point to our game. People go, oh, we didn't score. But what he did was he provided the energy and that is what the recruitment has done. We have players now who, when they come on the pitch, they're bosses, they're leaders and they're enforcers and they play with their element of the dark art. And that's what we needed. That's what we've missed. We would have got beat three, four, five if that was the normal Spurs. We're not that Spurs anymore. And that's what I'm taking from it. I'm in positive lane right now. I'm not going the other way. Love it. Ricky, your thoughts on today's game? Oh, bro. I mean, it was crazy. Do you know what? Like, like Darren, I was super optimistic all week. And I, I, I believe today was going to be the day that that, that terrible record ended for at least a moment anyway. Um, you know, with our pre-season, with us training in South Korea, with those 118 laps up and down the pitch, I, I was expecting today on a hot day for our fitness and our organisation and everything that, and our belief to shine through today. Um, but obviously that first half, you know, especially after the first goal was scored, they were all over us. They pressed us, like uh, Russ was saying there, they pressed us high. You know, it seemed like every single ball that came into us, uh, every rico ricochet or every, like, header out fell to a Chelsea player. And every time it fell to a Chelsea player, they, there was space around them. And every time it fell to us, they were on us. They was on us with two, three men. And they was hustling and, and biting at our ankles. And, and they were on us. And I, I, it, it was tough to watch that first half. I was sitting there going, oh, no, we, we really are cursed at this ground. And, and this, this team just has a hold over us. They were passing through the lines way too easily for me, especially in that first half. So I, I, I did start off a little bit worried, uh, especially after that first goal. But what I kind of came to realise is that it's two halves of this Battle of the Bridge, OK? That time that we had the Battle of the Bridge, round one, with Pochettino, we had all the play. We had all the skill. We was playing all the football. And it was them that had the dark arts. It was them that was out to frustrate and to nick and to kick and to, and to do those nasty things to break up play and to get underneath all of that Tottenham squad, which they did. They successfully did get under everyone's skin. And therefore, there was the big kind of mass brawl between the teams in that first round of the Battle of the Bridge. Today, they had the game. They had the, the play. They had the domination. They had the... The, you know, they had the players that were implementing their game <clears throat> all over the pitch. Koulibaly was, was pretty solid. Cucurella played really well. You know, um, like Darren was saying now about their midfield. Yes, should they have won the game? Did they have enough chances? Did they deserve to win the game? Probably yes. But you know what? Football ain't a fair game. It doesn't always give you what you believe that you deserve. And as Tottenham fans, we know this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
for, for yeah. us to be able to implement some of those dark arts, for us to be able to go out there and be gritty, be dogged, and not the heads did not drop. Okay, if you look at Tottenham compared to Man United yesterday against Brentford, every one of those players' heads dropped yesterday uh, for, for, for Man United. You saw the captain, Maguire, head down. He wasn't, he, he didn't, you know, get on anybody's case. He didn't ruffle no feathers. He didn't, he didn't string anybody up and go, what are you doing? Let's get it sorted. The heads were down. The chest was down. The, the, the energy was down. Not once did we yeah. kind of have that about us. We was like, okay, cool. Let's stay in the game, first half. Second half, we're going to get into the change room. We're going to work out a few things. And then we're going to come out in the second half. And the thing that is the most impressive to me is, like Darren was saying there, is the subs. The fact that we could not only bring on Richarlison and bring on that energy, that dynamism. And he loves a bit of the dark art as well. He can draw a foul and he, he kind of can, you know, he, people like to foul him as well. But not only him, but Basuma came on with his energy and he's driving midfield. You know, all of these players that are coming off the bench that are new players have to earn their shirt. So when they come on, they have to have an impact to get into that first 11. So that was what was really encouraging to me. You've got to remember, we have just started. This is, yeah. this is game day two. We have just started and we're seeing elements of what this Tottenham side are, are, are going to produce over this season. Was it a tough test today? Yes. Was it the test that we needed today to see where we are, to, to find a yardstick, to, to know how much more we need to do? Yes. And everything, all the answers are on paper right now. Conte's got all those answers right now, and he knows how to step us up and where we can improve. If anybody dropped off today, if anybody dropped off today in performance, and there was no really, there was no one in that first half that I could say had a great game, <clears throat> but now their places are under threat, right? So it's going to force them to push, push, push into training for the next game. So there's lots of positives to take out today. And not only all those positives, but we battled back and we got the point. Do you know what I mean? Last minute, last minute, we wasn't dead. Yeah. We wasn't tired. Our heads wasn't low. We didn't give up. We kept pushing until we got it and we got it. And that's what I'm super proud of. And that's what I'm super happy about today. I agree. I agree with you, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> Antonio Show's Conte over, Chris. We're done. Show's <laughs> over. That's it. We're done. We're done within 12 minutes. That's it. We're done. Get it gag. We well, can have a column. Get it in the dressing room. Get it out early. Ricky has spoken. Yeah. But did you know we were away uh, today? That's the question. Give me my, give my fucking <laughs> well, yes, after, after the game, Antonio Conte said, my players wanted to stay in the game until the end, but my players know yeah. what my idea is. We can do better. Now, um, before we talk about the lineup and before we talk about all of the game incidents, um, Russ, let's come to you. I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about um, the incident right at the end of the game, Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte. What did you make of it? Well, um, I thought that our manager dealt with it very classily, funny enough. And uh, if it came to fisticuffs, my money, money was on the uh, tiny featherweight, if it, but it didn't. Um, I, I, Gavin just messaged us, uh, Chris. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. Conte has changed the mindset of the club. And in order for him to do that successfully, he has to show passion and commitment himself. Now, there was a bit of argy-bargy around the drinks break in the second half um, where Tuchel got his yellow card um, and they were at each other a little bit. I mean, uh, for some reason, there is definitely something 
between them because when he was talking to Sky afterwards, Conte said, you know, it's up to you to discuss that. I'm not saying anything, whether there's a problem between the two coaches and uh, Jeff Shreve says, well, Tuchel says this, and he just said, I'm here to talk about the football. Uh, yep. But you can see that there's probably um, something that goes back to uh, previous incarnations. Um, but, uh, you know, it was it was Conte and Tuchel and one of their coaching staff each. I mean, it, it was almost like pantomime. And, and the thing that annoys me about Tuchel is whenever Chelsea play at Stamford Bridge, and I get this, as a manager, you want your team to win at home, but he thinks it's a divine bloody right. And it isn't. And he doesn't like it when somebody comes along and uh, puts out his flash fire. And that's what we did today. And I think and Antonio, at the end of the game, uh, I think walked past him, shook his hand. He didn't want to look him in the eye. Well, big deal. Fine. You know, some managers don't even shake hands at the end of a game. Uh, but it, he got funny about it and ended up with a, a red card. I reiterate again, he should have had a red card for running up, you know, 30 yards out of his technical area. Those are the rules, you know. As us fans and the players and the managers are told that, you know, VAR will determine the rules of football. You know what the rules are without VAR. Well, how come he didn't get a red card? Uh, because it's the emotion of a game. If that was Conte, he'd have got a red card, I guarantee it. You know, so um, I, I I just don't think that Thomas Tuchel should have done that. You know, the Mourinho Im impression. It, it wasn't great at Old Trafford all those years ago. It didn't please Fergie, but he was the special one. You know, we've, we've had our fill uh, of Jose. Um, but but my view is it, you can jump up and down in the technical area, jig down the tunnel with your, your coaching staff and subs if you want. But to go all the way, you know, it's inflaming what is already a difficult atmosphere. And it was inevitable, I think, it was going to boil over at the end. Um, you know, should Conte have got a red card? He's no angel. No, I don't think he should have done. Uh, but he was really, really professional. Antonio at the end of the game when he spoke to Jeff Shreves and I'm sure it was the same in the press conference all the time trying to draw it out you know is there a problem between you and Tuchel you know this is a big game and he said well of course it's a big game you guys have been writing and talking about it for days you know you build it up to be yeah. something that perhaps it isn't and uh, it is a big game though and I'm so happy that we got the draw especially with Harry, who was fairly anonymous in the game, if we're honest. Uh, but for him to get a goal in August, and such yes. an important goal, fantastic yes. goal. And um, I, I just think that next time they meet each other, they'll be polite and shake hands and won't want a red card. So uh, it's probably handbags. But I, I'm on the side of Antonio, not Mr Tuchel. Well, I think you're right, Russ, because Thomas Tuchel, after the game, said, uh, I don't have any bad feelings. And Antonio Conte said uh, he about the referee, he didn't understand the dynamic of what happened. Darren, what do you what did you make of that incident? Listen, two choke, two, two, whatever, whatever. He, he, bro, he got frustrated. Is what happened. He team choked twice. Two choked. That's what he is right now. He felt the pressure. And if you want to look at the technicalities, he ran down the touchline because he thought they had the winner. 
That's what happened. He thought they had the winner. We, we know if Conte done that, we would have celebrated it. Go on, Conte, in his face. He thought he had that moment. Yeah. Pep Guardiola did that as well. Do you remember, gentlemen? Don't do that to this Tottenham. Don't run down the touchline because guess what? We're coming back to bite now. We're not that team that goes to sleep. We don't do that anymore. So all of that at the end, that's where your manager sets a president for the team. And this is where I'm going to take us back in time a little bit. When we had a certain special one who spoke about being see you next Tuesdays, but intelligent see you next Tuesdays. Suddenly we have players in our squad that get that. They understand it. We have a manager that embodies that. He was a pro at it when he was on the pitch. And two choke, he felt the heat from him today. Conte was in his head. He rattled him. Because if you look at the formation that Chelsea did, they had us all over the shop. They went three at the back, five at the back, four at the back. They kept adjusting. They had us spinning. But they left the pitch raging because they didn't get the three points. He said in his interview, that was an amazing performance. Chelsea could do no better. They were wonderful. But you didn't beat us. And you did your best. That's what I'm taking from that. We weren't our best. And we went to Stamford Bridge and we come away with a point. We come away with their fans raging. We come away with Conte being in our dressing room going, gentlemen, you see that? They hate us. And you know why they hate us? Because they can't beat us. They thought they had us up here, but they don't. If we keep that unity in our squad, that unity on the pitch, no one can break us. Solid. Be solid. If you watch our second goal, you watch the reaction of our legend, our centre-half. Mr. If you see what he does to Reese James, it's 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 embodies dark art. You can't send him off for that. He celebrates right in a man's face. You thought you got the winner? Guess what? You have it, my friend. You don't beat this team like that. And that's what I'm excited about. This new Spurs, this new dark art. And if two choke, if it sticks, it sticks. I'm, I'm just saying it now. If it sticks, it sticks. Gentlemen, I'm a happy man. <laughs> Ricky, your thoughts on the incident at the end of the game? May, um, <clears throat> a bit like the boys, <clears throat> you, you, you know, like I think that Conte was trying to be professional in the sense of, look, all right, cool, we've got a yellow card earlier, where you know it's end of the game, it's end of the draw. I don't really care about you, I don't really like you, but you know, what? I'm going to be professional and shake your hand and and keep it moving, like shake your hand and keep it moving. You, we, we've all been in a situation where we're trying to avoid somebody. Do you know what I mean? We've all been in a room where you're like, ah, oh, what? Ah, oh, this is long. Ah, oh, you know what? And, you, you, you know, you, you start going opposite sides of the room. And then when you do see them, you might give them a nod. You might be like, oh, you're right. And then you keep it moving. That's basically what happened or what Conte was trying to do. He was trying to go up there and just shake his hand, go, look, well done. And keep it. I, I don't care about you. I don't really respect you. I don't really, you know, like uh, want to shake your hand with any kind of, any heart, any realness, but I'll shake your, shake your hand as a professional and as a fellow coach, as a fellow manager, and keep it moving. But Tuchel couldn't handle that. Tuchok, hashtag Tuchok, couldn't handle that. And he had to twist up his arm and try and tell him something and try and impose his, his size on Conte. Is he mad? Listen, I've only got one piece of advice for Tuchel. Keep that hat on. Keep it on. <laughs> keep it on your head. Keep the hat on. Keep it on, Brown. That's, that's the only bit of advice I've got for him. Just, you know what? I, I, I never realised why he kept it so low on his forehead. But now I know. And keep it on. There's no oh. need to take it off. There is no need to take it off. Just keep it That's the only thing that I can kind of advise to, uh, to, 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 to two choke over there. 
you, you know, but I, I'm fully with Conte, man. Look, it was a passionate game. Those those dugouts are super close to each other as well. So we've seen it over the years. We've seen Mourinho um, like go at it. We've seen we've seen many a manager go at it. Wenger, there's been a ton of managers that have gone at it. It's close. It's emotional. We know that we're up for the fight. We want revenge. There's a lot of heat going on, like Darren saying there. You know, it's hot out there. The 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 tempers temperature is hot and the tempers are hot. So of course something was gonna happen today. And it just showed us, do you know what I mean? Like we're in it for the fight. We're in it for the fight. We did not drop. So and I think uh, Conte embodies that whole that whole ethos and he's trying to transfer it onto the players. So when it comes to a confrontation for Conte, Conte's gotta stand up the same way that the, the team have got to stand up. But but you'll end up coming off on the wrong end of the exchange if you continue that type of exchange with Antonio Conte because he, he he is the godfather you know what I mean he will call the boys do you know what I mean like it's it's a, it's, it's a different place it's a different place I love it I, I love the passion for my manager I really do I love everything yeah. about Conte um, listen, Russ let's come com- to you do you know what Chris Christo just just compare that and look I'm, I'm an advocate of Ten Hag yeah I was and I can speak about yeah. it I spoke to Darren about it yesterday but you compare that to Ten Hag yesterday when they're getting done 4 0. He's sitting, he sunk into the chair. He kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Conte will never have that. He's out there on the touchline going, he, he's directing, he's conducting, he's the guy. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what we've always wanted. You know, somebody that loves the game and wants to win as much as us fans sitting at home. Uh, you know, we all know what we deserve, we all know how we can play, we all know how what we should be achieving. And so does he. And he's going to demand it. He's going to make sure it happens. Yeah, I, I thought the same yesterday, Ricky, when they were 4-0 down, thinking uh, we could have had him as our manager. You know, things could have been very bad for us. Um, Russ, let's come to you. Um, Antonio Conte before the game, um, when same starting eleven um, as the eleven that beat Southampton last week. Were you surprised because there were a lot of talk about Perisic coming in for Ryan Sessegnon? So were you surprised by the same starting eleven? You're you're just on mute, Russ. Go. Yes, I was a bit surprised. I was talking to a mate of mine on Twitter, and we do it every Spurs game. We all do it, don't we, with, with our mates if we can't get to the game. Uh, I did think Perisic was one, and I thought he might have played Basuma from the off instead of Hoiberg, but uh, thank goodness he didn't, hey? Um, obviously, because Emil got uh, our equaliser. Um, but he did address that after the game, Conte. He said, look, I picked my best playing 11. So, you know, he, he's loyal uh, to a point, I think. Um, but you can't bring all those people in, all those players, and not start using them. And, of course, he did in the second half. And thank goodness we've got a player now who not only can take corners, but do long throw-ins. Ivan Perisic, I mean... Absolutely magnificent. I mean, for the goal, fantastic. And we've we've struggled with you know certain players, no names, no pack drills, can't even get the ball from corners past the first man. We've suffered for years, and and so that is a great <coughs> thing. Um, but I, I I think it probably look Conte is Conte. I I probably would have brought a couple of them in. Maybe he thought it was too big a game. But once you saw Reese James and Mason Mount dragging around the midfield, pulling the back three out of position, 
yeah. you knew that he was going to have to do something. And I think what surprised me even more was at half time, the same team came mm. out. Mm. Yeah. He did make changes and he's not afraid to make changes. And uh, thank goodness it, it worked again. It's not the first time that he's done it for this football club. I mean, he, he's a proper, proper, proper coach. And we love him and we love the passion, uh, but he's got one hell of a football brain as well. And he doesn't like to lose. And that's where, you know, the dark hearts are coming in, win at all costs, get something out of the game. And to go to Chelsea, say it again, 2-2, uh, after how many times we played them last season and lost, you know, it oh. did, as you said, it would feel like a curse. Um, maybe we've broken it. And let's hope when the return game happens at our stadium and we absolutely gub them, that Martin Tyler and Jamie Carragher, who I hope for Sky are on commentary duty, will take back all of the stuff they said about Spurs today. They wrote us off. We weren't even on the pitch. If I had turned the, the, the screen off and just listened to the commentary, I would have thought it was 10 times worse, and it really was. And, uh, and I think that we're going to be there or thereabouts, definitely, come the end Russ, of the season. Right up. Russ, be, be honest with me. At any point of the game today, did you write us off? Um, when they got their second goal, I just thought, oh, no. And then, I'll be honest with you, when seven minutes came up, I thought, hello, hello. Yeah. And, you know, as Darren was saying, as Ricky has said, you know, with Conte, you keep going to the end. You give it everything that you've got and you go beyond the call of duty. And those players must have been so tired. Both sets, by the way. But it's easy to play well when you're winning. And credit yeah. to uh, old Tuchel. You know, he did set them up well, particularly in the first half. Uh, but... Uh, I did think, yeah, we, we've got a chance. I thought we'll get a chance, hope it's Harry who gets it. And, hey, it was. So, uh, yeah, I was very, very happy about it because it just feels another step or two in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about the starting eleven. Hugo Lloris in goal, the back three of Dyer, Romero, Davis, wing-backs, Emerson Royale and Ryan Sessegnon, in midfield, Benton Kurt and Javier. And then the forward three of Kulusevski, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane. Um, were you surprised by the same starting eleven, And in particular, no new summer signings in that starting eleven again? No, I wasn't surprised. Because I think after the first game of the season and the performance that we all got, and I think the player we were all looking to swap out would have been Ryan Sessegnon. But the performance he gave in that first game, he earned that right. And I think that's what Conte is going to do a lot of. Earn your shirt. As Ricky said earlier, earn your right to play. And I think in a week of training... You can see the elements that everyone brings, but he's going, you know what? I'm sticking with this 11 because these guys haven't let me down yet. Show me your metal, show me your worth, and then we'll go. And I think that's why it was really intriguing, as we spoke about and Russ highlighted there. Chelsea dominated the middle of the park and we were being overrun there. And they kept speaking about it on Sky. And I, me and Ricky have had this conversation a number of times. I hate listening to Sky Sports commentary. It drives me insane. So I muted it because it was driving me nuts. And they were talking about how we couldn't get near Roma, Mason Mount and this one and that one and how fabulous they were because we hadn't done any changes and Conte doesn't know how to make changes. He made changes in that first half. He made Kulicheski and Son drop deeper and they became part of that midfield. They were trying to, he was trying to look at how we could find a way of combating Chelsea. It still wasn't working. At half time, I'm an old school football man. If my team aren't performing in the, in the first half, Unless we're being battered, we're only losing 1-0. 
I'm going to give every player 10 minutes to show me that they want it in the second half. That's how I operate. I'm going to roast you in that dressing room and you've got 10 minutes. And Conte did exactly that. You saw yeah. 10 minutes in, he started warming up. Richardson, on we go. It's not working still. I need to do the changes. And that's reactive. And that's what you want to see. You want to see a manager who's got a plan. Yes, not every plan worked today. Two Choke and Chelsea had a lovely system going on. They were manoeuvring between five and four and three really fluidly. It was a great, it was a great system. It was a great manoeuvre. Their midfield was was throwing Reese James and Loftus Cheek. You didn't know who was playing right right wing back or right back at times. They were overlapping beautifully. It worked. Session was being overrun. But what we did is we stayed in the game. And I think that was something that we have to give ourselves credit for. We stayed in it. And that 11 that we started with, that's a good 11. Like, I think we've got improvements to it, but I think they're going to happen in different games. They're going to be right clientele for the right type of matches. And I think Basuma's knocking on the door for, for fans to get in. And we want to see more of Perisic. And I think starting Perisic would have been a problem. And I'm going to say why. Reese James lost his cheek. They're quick. We know Perisic is an athlete and a player and a smart man, but he's not the fastest. You don't want to expose him to both of those. Let him come on when they're a bit tired. And I think there's time in the substitution, bringing him in at that point. You saw how effective he can be. The throw, the corners, beautiful. We have a corner taker. <laughs> beautiful. It, it, it did a lot. It did a lot. Yeah. Bravo. Darren, what did you make of the fullbacks today for us? You know what? They had their biggest battle. And I think they're not going to come up against a harder pairing than they did today. They're, mm. they're top of the game. You look at who they face today. I think Romero, um, I think Emerson Royale today had one of his better games. And I think people won't give him the credit for it because on his side, not a lot happened. He did a lot of legwork. He was there when he needed to be. Positional-wise, he was a lot better. He got in the right positions. He was shutting the gap between him and Dyer and him and Maria. Whoever was shifting to his side, he played a lot better. I think Sessignon had a battle today. And I think he's going to come away with it, with war wounds, but also stuff to learn from. There were times when he wasn't calling his man over in enough time to get back up. And I think he's got to be more vocal to say what he needs on the pitch. I think he's too nice sometimes, Ryan. And you've got to go, you're not helping me. Get closer. I need help. Loftus Cheek is playing right here. Come and help me. And I think as he grows into that, and I think having an experienced head like Heritage around him will improve his game. But I think his side got a lot of damage today. He really got worked on. And I think it was hard for him at times. And yeah, it's development. It's all development. And we know he's not the best right now, but there's potential. And I'm still I'm still in this corner. I'm still there. I'm still there for you, Ryan. I'm still there. Ricky, let's come to you um, on the starting eleven, And also, I just want to ask about Emerson Royale because it just worries me a little bit with Emerson Royale. I thought he had a great game against Southampton last week. But today, um, it just worries me that the fact that he doesn't seem to take on that man and get the cross in. And interestingly, um, where I was sat today, um, the Spurs team were obviously warming up right in front of me. And they had the forward players, Kuliszewski, Hunmin Son and Harry Kane. And they had both fullbacks uh, putting crosses in. It's all well and good putting the crosses in, but they can't put the crosses in unless you're actually beating your man sometimes. And Emerson, I just, I find it frustrating the fact that he, he, he seems to get so far and then think to himself, actually, I can't go past the player. So he doesn't get the crossing. It's frustrating. Chris, I'm going to go jump on. in before Rick. Go on. That's something, when you rewatch it, Emerson Royale in the first half puts in our best balls. And in the second half, because what he does, he doesn't always have to beat the man. He whips it in early. He does it differently. And I think we all want him to fly down the wing and overlap. In this game, he wasn't allowed to. 
the way they set up on his side, if he had done that, would have been so exposed. And I think he realised that and sacrificed himself. Look at Kulicheski on that same side. He didn't get much joy over there. It was a harder battle. So I think what they did was they had to work rather than try and expose. And I think it was a different battle for them. And I think there was a lot of learning from that side. Rick, I'm going to hand it over to you. All yours. <laughs> no, um, on, on Royale beating his man, okay? So this has been the thing from when he signed. And, and putting a cross in, okay? So th this has been a thing for him from when he signed. And firstly, Conte has trust in him for him to start him in the first two games, especially this season. Um, and I think that his defensive capabilities are sometimes forgotten because we're looking for the attacking side of him. Now, today, especially in that first half, I can't really praise anyone. I thought I felt that Sun was all over the place trying to make stuff happen. It's the only positive that I could see on on, on the TV screen at home. But everybody, he gave, gave the ball away a lot though, Sonny today. But he, it, this is it. But 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 the way that he gave the ball away, the way that a lot of them gave the ball away was yeah, from it, it was from a panic almost, and maybe there's a better word for it, but because it wasn't really panic, but. It was like, damn it, they're on my shoulder. All right, cool, quick pass. And that quick pass fell to a Chelsea player. Or let me hold it and I'm going to try and twist and turn. But then by the time he's held it for a second, he's got two Chelsea players. So whichever way he turns, it's getting nabbed off of him and they're counter-attacking. But I felt that, that that happened throughout that, especially that first half. So like Darren was saying there, then it will stop the advancement of a right wing back. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's thinking, okay, cool. Well, maybe I've got to come back here and defend a bit more and uh, hopefully let Sessegnon run down the left, but come back in and defend and help the back four. Uh, Kulazewski, very quiet today. Kane, very quiet today up until that second half. Do you know what I mean? Sonny got taken off on what? 60 minutes, 60, 60 70 minutes, something like that. So I think that it's a thing to do with the whole... The whole team, with it, especially within that first half, but especially playing at the, against the side like we did today. Um, does Emerson need to improve? Of course, of course he does. But so do all of our right wing backs. Now it would have been the it would have been the position, and I've said it before to you, Chris. The right wing back is one of the most important roles. We've got Perisic, who can be the player and mentor on the left side, but on the right side. You need somebody who's dynamic because how many times did we watch the games last season and go, you didn't beat the man or you didn't find the cross or you just put in a cross and hoped somebody was going to be there. Do you know what I mean? So they are still working on it. I would have I would have loved to, uh, you know, put all the money into someone like Hakimi or, you know, Dumfries or someone like that that is uh, an out-and-out right-wing back that knows how to attack and how to defend all at the same time. We are, are tweaking uh, Emerson's attributes little bit by little bit. Last week, he had a tremendous game. This week, he came up against, like Darren was saying, one of the toughest oppositions uh, yeah. on that side, right? So he's got a lot to think about. But there's a higher ceiling in Romero. Uh, there's a higher ceiling in Royale than there is, I believe, in, in Doherty. Now, Doherty got praised for the four or five games that he played well. But for two and a half years, he didn't do nothing. And for the first couple of games under Conte, he done nothing either. 
I think we've got to a point now where Tottenham fans, we're arguing about who's better, Doherty or Royale, but none of us are 100% on either of them right now for different reasons. For, for me, I think that Doherty right now, and the way that I hear a lot of Tottenham fans speaking about him, and look, I don't want to slag off any of our players. I love our players. I don't want to crit- critique them. I, I don't. I can only say what I see. But I think Doherty is almost becoming Winks 2.0 in the sense that for however long, we, we were talking about Winks and Real Madrid. Now we're talking about Doherty. That's an and insult. Poor, and, but listen, uh, bruv, it is what it is. Take it how you want to take it. I can only <laughs> say what I see, like catchphrase. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <clears throat> for those four or five games for Doherty that he played well, and I think, I think it was four instead of five, but I'll give him the five. People are speaking about that, speaking about it, speaking about it. Because he got a cross in and he got a goal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He set up one. He set up the left back. I think it was Regulon. Maybe, I can't remember. And he, and he scored one as well last season. And that's great because that's what we want to see from our right wing back. But I'm still not 100% convinced by Doherty. And it's up to Doherty to convince me. Do you know what I mean? He, he might have the faith of the manager and those around him. But let's see when he comes back in. It's up to him to convince me right now. Where normally I would give him all the faith. Right now we've got Emerson Royale, who is young, who is coming to the side, who is, this is his second season. He's a, he's a lot more settled. He's, he's, he's got a, a, a better handle over the language barrier. And he's got a better uh, understanding of what Conte wants for him. Can he deliver it 10 out of 10? No, not right now. But he's getting to the sevens out of 10. Do you know what I mean? Instead of a four out of 10, instead of a five out of 10, he's getting to the sevens. And let's see what comes next. Unless we're going to go out there and buy a new one, let's see what uh, comes next with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, it's, 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 it's a tough one. Sorry, Russ. Go on, jump that's, in. That's the point, though, isn't it, guys? Transfer window isn't closed. Right. And let's not forget Jed Spence for attacking Flair and, and marauding yeah. uh, either. You know, I mean, for Nottingham Forest last season, amazing. And <clears throat> he's a little bit younger than Sessegnon. And I think we we would all agree that Sessegnon has tremendous ability. I mean, he used to score goals for Fulham, didn't he? Half a dozen a season. I mean, he's yeah. a tremendous young player. And I, I think he's coming on particularly well. But I agree with you, Ricky, that Emerson Royale, who when, when he first came to the club, to me, he looked like a competition winner. Well, he's, mm. he's a lot, lot better than that now. Uh, I mean, he really is. And, and that's down to Conte. And, and the coaches, but you know, maybe we're going to bring one or two more in uh, before the end of the window. Not hearing a lot about it, Chris. I don't know if you are, but um, you would like to think that there might be one more at least. Yeah, well, Conte said we're not going to spend you know vast amounts of money in the transfer window, so mm. who knows? One, it, one it, or two it, more. It, it's not so much vast amounts, it's unnecessary. He don't want to spend just for spending sake. If we can yeah. get the right player, the right profile, and look at what he's done this year. Yeah, everyone's yeah. talking about the players that we brought in, but look at the height of them. Look at the physicality of them. Look at the battle spirit of them. Oh, Richarlison, yeah. Basuma, Perisic. Do you know what I mean? Even Spence, even though he was young, he yeah. battled for Nottingham Forest last he year. Did. That semi-final that I watched um, of the championship playoff, that semi-final, oh my God, the guy was... He was, di- he was dictating play and directing play all at the same time. He was telling his midfielder, all right, cool, send it back into the middle. Give it to me. I'm here. And look at the shots and everything that he's got, uh, uh, the goals and the shots that he produced last season. Now, 
we all know it's a step up to the Premiership. We all know it's a step up to be in a, a Conte side. But he has all the attributes. And all I think Conte is doing right now is, is making him earn it. Making him, in, in case his ego might have been inflated for, for going from a championship to a premiership club, maybe his ego is inflated through money. He's gone from £500 a week. I don't know what he was on. This is just an example. But he's, he's gone on £500 a week to, 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 to 35 40 grand a week or whatever he's on. I don't know what yeah. he's on. But do you, you know what I mean? So sometimes that can play with the brain. Sometimes it can be like, oh, I've made it. And Conte's like, yo, 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 yo. You ain't made it. We like you. You've got everything that I need or, 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 on the list. But you ain't made it. You've got to earn it to make it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, is only positive for us in the long run. It's coming. His time is definitely coming. But you look at the physicality and the height. And like we say, the ones that have battle spirit, the, one that, the ones that want to go to war, we have brought in now. And the biggest, the biggest thing that I love right now is that when Conte looks at that bench, and this is no disrespect. It, I mean, it is. It is a disrespect. But it's no hardback disrespect. But he's not looking at Winks. He's not looking at Harvey Devine. He's not looking at the uh, Dane Scarlet. He's not looking at these players going, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do here? You know, to, if it was last year, we would have brought on, what, yeah. Doherty and Lucas and, and maybe Winks in the midfield. What, what, what I mean, really, we ha- we're up. We're, we've pushed the levels right now. So this is where we're at, where we can bring off Basuma, where we can bring on uh, Perisic, and we can bring on Richarlison. I mean, come on, that, that is levels above where we was. And we're pushing in the right direction. And that's all I care about. Rush, do you agree with Ricky there? Um, because, you know, what you've, you've seen two games so far this season, yeah. Southampton and, of course, today. How good do you think this Tottenham Hotspur team and squad is? And what do you think, realistically, we can achieve? Well, um, you're not going to come up against more than maybe two more teams as good or better than Chelsea were today, to be fair. So you've got another uh, 16 teams in the league that we absolutely can compete with, beat, get results. Obviously, sometimes things go wrong, but it's going to go wrong for Liverpool and Man City. I mean, they hate playing us, which is good, and they'll hate it again, I hope, this season. Uh, Liverpool, we're going to see what they're about tomorrow. First game at home against Palace. Uh, They weren't great at Fulham. Uh, Chelsea were awful in the first game. They were pretty good, to be fair, today. 2-2 draw feels like a win, though, let's be honest. Um, And I think that Southampton, to be, without being rude to them, that, you know, if Hassan Hoodle had lost yesterday, I think yeah. he was gone. All the yeah. coaches have gone. Uh, you know, they've got one player who's dangerous, Ward-Prowse, and, hey, he scored, you know. Uh, but the way we came back and controlled the game and played football and, and, and not the strikers scoring goals was really good. Mm. But what the boys have said... It's, you know, it's the passion, it's the control, it's the understanding of the tactics, it's being able to carry out orders, it's knowing that somebody on the bench could have your place in the team. It's all of those things and more that I think will drive us on because I don't think anything uh, less than that will do for Antonio Conte. And I think he's got a real bond with the players and, and I'm very optimistic that, you know, will be third or thereabouts, maybe even higher. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're Tottenham fans. 
you know, we can get our buttons bitten. <laughs> no, but we can. Um, but I really want us to be having not nights like in Amsterdam every week, just good, professional, uh, vicious wins. You know, yeah. win, win, win. Uh, and I, I, here's one thing I'll say, Chris. I don't know about the end of the season. I think we'll be right up there by the time the World Cup comes. And then it's all down to injuries, um, rubber the green, form, um, all those things. But I think we'll have a good run up until the World Cup and then we just got to push on. So I'm positive, really positive. Well, Russ, I want to stay with you. Um, let's talk about some match incidents. In the 19th minute, uh, mm. Sterling to have a um, shot. Great save from Hugo Lloris. Yeah. And then just a minute later, Koulibaly put Chelsea 1-0 up. Now, there's yeah. a comment here. Um, do you think our zonal marking was to blame for the first goal? Uh, three players in the area with no opposition in it. What are your thoughts on zonal marking? Um, well, Conte spoke about this after the game. And uh, he was asked, you know, is the zonal marking you know, causing you a problem, you know, if the players don't move. And he said, well, the players should be moving what's in front of them. Uh, but maybe they didn't quite understand that. Personally, I'm not a fan of zonal marking. And I think Koulibaly's goal, which was a beautiful strike, let's <laughs> all be fair as football fans. Uh, yeah. you know, and on your home debut, I thought he was tidy with the ball. It was a really, really good goal. Nothing Hugo could do about it. Um, but I do think if we're going to leave that gap there and put six of our players, you know, in and around the six-yard box, you're asking for trouble, particularly, funny enough, against some of the more industrial teams in the Premier League. So I think, as he said after the game, uh, we've looked at things and we, we've got to improve. We've got to get better. And I'm sure they'll be talking about that. But yes... It um, undoubtedly uh, was responsible for the first goal. But what a goal. You know, hands up, what a goal. Darren, what did you make of the incident in the 23rd minute, just three minutes after conceding the goal? Uh, a free kick. Harry Kane took a quick one over the top to Ryan Sessegnon. One-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper saved. He should be scoring that, shouldn't he? He should be scoring that. And I think that's something that, Ryan really needs to find back in this game. We know, we've seen the highlights. We see, we know what he was like at Fulham. Those were the chances that Ryan Sessegnon has the ability to convert and score goals from. He's getting in those positions and he's getting in there more and more. And the same issue I had with Regulon. They know the run. They get there. They're quick enough to get in that position. But it's like the blood rushes to their head and they panic and they don't know what to do. And I think Ryan, Ryan will know in his sleep tonight that was one that he should have put away. Like Kane will look at his one and go, that's the one I should have put away. And I hope that that's what he's doing. And I hope that Conte is drumming it into him. I hope they replay it in training to go, what are you doing? What's your first touch doing? You know the keeper's coming. Get your positional sense right. Score the goal. And yeah, Ryan should have put it away. I'm going to just, on the zoning thing, on zonal marking, I hate it. I yeah. hate it for the reason that it always gives the runners the, the advantage on the yeah. defenders. Because you're standing still and they're running at you. And as you quite rightly said, Russ, against the more industrial teams that attack the ball in their in that area, we're always going to be second best. And I think zonal works when you fully understand the picture. Our picture changed because Chelsea's picture changed and we didn't switch it. When they had three men outside of the, the D and they were just hanging around in that little area there, 
that becomes your second zone. I've done zone. Ricky knows I'm all about defending. I've done zonal play. That becomes your second zone. So Sun, Dyer, and um, Sessignon had to activate that area. If you don't activate it, it's a problem. So that's what Conte was talking about. He's going to go back to him and go, that's what I mean when I say zonal defending. Look at the zone. It's not just hug the small box. If they're not in there, you switch your zone. And that's what we're going to work out. And hopefully we get it right. Because against the lower sides, yeah. I'm worried about that. Like a Brighton, woo! you don't want to do that. Their centre-half dunk is going to be all over us. He'll be, he'll be slam dunking all over us. And we don't want that. We don't want to allow that to happen. We don't want that. Ricky, what was surprising and a little frustrating in the 27th minute? It was like a carbon copy. Chelsea corner uh, got through to Koulibaly yet again. Uh, but this time he shot over. Yeah, and I think that Darren's made some great points about the, that zonal marking. Um, I don't know whether you heard Carragher and Sunis do their little kind of uh, ramble afterwards about the zonal marking, where it's <clears throat> where they kind of said that, okay, cool, if you're doing zonal, that's fine. But if there's players that are... If, 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 if you're in a position where it's useless, you have to move. Like, you have to see where the danger is. It's not just being disciplined, but... I, Part of me feels that the team are that drilled by Conte that they're like, he told us I need to be here, so I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. Forget him, bro. Forget. I'm going to be. I need to stand here, but right by that front post. And I think part of that was in them. But I think that this is a lesson. And the thing is, is that when in life, in life, all of us, human nature is to make mistakes to learn lessons. Right? We all got told from our mum, don't touch the, the 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 heater because it's hot. But what did we all do? We all touched the heater. All right. And then we learned the lesson. And Conte is one of those people that once a mistake has been made within a system and within his direction of how to play, he's going to be like, guys, come on. All right. Well, this is the lesson. We missed it. We conceded a, we conceded a goal here. But here's the lesson. And let's make sure that this doesn't happen again. Let's not re repeat the same mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Because they say, like, when you repeat, it's the sign of madness and all of that craziness. But you, if you learn the lesson, then it's just a lesson in life. Do you know what I mean? You've learned something about yourself and the game. Put it into action. It won't happen again. And this is what we need to be mindful of. But I, that's all I think w w what the confusion was. And that's why I think that the same mistake was repeated within the same game. Not only did the first corner come in and Koulibaly's then scored, but when the second corner's come in, nobody's picked up Koulibaly. Nobody's looking at him. At that point, so we all know and we all trust in Conte. And I know, I, I feel it in my bones. You know, they talk about two days off when they get a win. They'll be lucky if they get the morning off tomorrow, let me tell you, because <laughs> they've got lessons to learn for next week. So I trust in Conte and I trust that Conte and the team will see where those lessons need to be learned and they will implement them. Rick, I know we're all trying to be positive um, about today's uh, result. Uh, not necessarily the performance, but when you look at that first 45 minutes with Chelsea going in uh, with a 1-0 lead, um, does it worry you the fact that the only chance, to, the only real chance that we had in that first 45 minutes was that Ryan Sessegnon miss? Yeah, but some teams have the hoodoo over us. Some te we have the hoodoo over, over Man City. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what form or what way that they're playing. When they come up against Spurs, something just doesn't happen. Or we always we're always able to fire back at them and, and and get a result or to upset them. And sometimes we have these things in football. And Chelsea have that over us right now. West Brom was another one that used to have it over us. I don't know what it was with West Brom, 
And there, there was times where I was I'm like, terrible. oh, 100% we're going to win this game. And then something happens where their keeper has a worldie or they get a couple of corners and they score from them. And you're like, well, like, what's going on? And they end up winning or, or going away with something. And I'm like, what's going on here? At that same uh, Battle of the Bridge season, I think the last three games, one of them was against West Brom. And I think we drew that game like 2-2 when we should have we should have trampled them. They, they had nothing that whole season. I, I've got a feeling, and look, my memory's bad when it comes down to dates and stuff. But I've got a feeling that West Brom even got relegated that year. Do you know what I mean? They may not have, but I've got a feeling that they did. And yet we couldn't get over the line against them. Not just the Battle of the Bridge. Not, that, not just that result there. So there's, there's, there's things in football. There is hoodoos in football. But the thing that I am encouraged by is that we're here to break those hoodoos. Today, the fact that we fought back, we didn't accept what... Chelsea were, uh, were, were, were given to us. We didn't accept the result. We didn't accept the defeat. We, we carried on until the very last second to make sure that, like, like Conte said last year against Burn, Burnley, we cannot lose these games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If we don't win, we can't lose. So today, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, up until that last minute, we were losing. But every single person was fighting to get that point, fighting to get something from the game. And we got that. Are there still problems within the squad? Yeah. Are there still problems within the play? Of course. But I trust Conte, Paratici, and the board right now, who have put some money in and, and made sure that we got these signings in early to make the right decisions where we, where we can make them. If we can't buy the right player that Conte, Paratici, the board, and the team needs, then we're not going to just spend money. We're not going to buy Rabio right now. Do you know what I mean? Like Man United are looking at Rabio and talking to his mum. And that ain't yeah. a cuss. They're literally talking to his mum. They're like, listen, we will send you a hamper. Just send me the player, all right? We're, we're not in for those type of players. We're not in for a Cardi, yeah? For however technically great he is, however good of a goal scorer he was, trouble. Yeah, somebody that's not there to, to, to put their everything into the game. They're more interested in, in what their wage package is at the end of the week or other things outside of football. We're not into that. We've got, we've got this thing about us now where we're buying the right profile, the right mentality, the right players for the system that our manager wants to implement. So if there's a weakness within that, I trust in them to go get it sorted with, uh, in the transfer market or within the squad. And if it can't happen right now, then it will happen at January. Everyone's talking about the money that we've invested. We drew out 100 million of that 150 that Levy and the board gave us. At 50, still sitting in the bank. We haven't drawn that out yet. Do you know what I mean? So, so they're thinking about not only right now, summer transfer window, but what happens in January? What happens after the World Cup? What if we see somebody that we can take an opportunity on? So just breathe and trust in Conte, and it, it, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. If they're going to deal with it, they're going to sort it out. Trust has come to you. Antonio Conte changed things up in the 57th minute. Ryan Session yeah. on coming off, Richarlison coming on. Um, what did you make of that change and the change of formation? Well, um, Richarlison, I thought, would change the, the game for Spurs, to be totally yeah. honest with you, because he was just full of energy, chasing everything down. He knows exactly how to draw free kicks. He's got a good degree of magic in his boots, as we all know. Uh, and I think that it, it, it all started to uh, get a little bit better from there. And, um, yeah. you know, there was a focal point. 
that people could look for him or if they couldn't, couldn't get him, suddenly Harry Kane became free. He started getting more of the ball. Um, so I thought it was a, a really good move. I didn't think that Conte would bring him on first. I thought he'd bring Perisic on or Basuma. But um, he obviously knows what he's doing. So uh, well done. <laughs> He looked, yeah. he looked pretty juicy, though, didn't it? Hunmin yeah. Son, Harry Kane, Richarlison and Kuliszewski on the pitch all at the same time. Yes, exactly. Um, but we didn't have many attempts on goal. So, uh, well, you know, they had three, scored twice, and Hugo saved the other. Uh, and I think we had maybe three shots on goal, but we scored two goals, or maybe it was two out of two, I don't know. Uh, but we were away at home, a difficult game. Look, we all know what the story is. Uh, but if you had those four on uh, against lesser teams than Chelsea, uh, when you needed a goal, I think you'd probably get two, wouldn't you? Well, you should do, anyway. Rush, you've got to leave us now. So thanks so much for joining us. And uh, oh, give, us a, give, us a quick, give us a quick score prediction for our next Premier League game, Wolves at home. Uh, oh, home win. I mean, they were, all over, they were all over Wolves, weren't they? They were all over whoever they played. Who they played? Was it Fulham or something? On, it was somebody anyway. No, it wasn't Fulham, was it? Whoever they played, they, they just couldn't score. And we'll score against them. So, uh, 3-0. There you go. Get in. And, uh, thank you for having me. Sorry, I've got to disappear. I've got to go and pick my beloved up from Heathrow. She's been delayed. Airport chaos. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, but thank you for having me, Chris, and thanks to all the viewers for watching. Great to see Darren and Ricky again, and I'd love to come uh, back another time. Okay? Brilliant. Thanks so much oh, for joining us, Ross. Cheers. Cheers, Darren, Darren, let's come to you. Um, in the 61st minute, I'll tell you what, what a minute that was. Sterling, it looked like he was going to put Chelsea 2-0 up. He missed, and then Harry Kane went clean through. He missed. I couldn't believe it. What did you make madness. of it? Madness. Yeah, it was madness. It was just like... What is going on here? It was typical Tottenham Chelsea. It was like, they didn't take theirs. We didn't take ours. Where is this game going to go? How is it going to play out? Yeah, it was nuts. It was, it was, yeah, it was nuts. It was typical Tottenham Chelsea. However, it, for Kane, when if you watch the highlights back, the anger in his face, the frustration in him, I'm glad he yeah. got the goal later because he really knew that Kane should score those. And yeah, I'm glad it frustrated him, but I'm glad he got the goal later because yeah. He, he would have been haunted by that. He probably still will be. But, yeah, that 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 was up there for him. And I'm glad he got the goal that he deserved for that. Whew, come on, Tottenham. What are we doing to our lives, eh? Ricky, what did you make of that miss from Harry Kane? It just seems so unlike him. I, I just think it was a scuff. It was a scuff shot, mate. I, I think he went straight through. And, you know, we, we, we would all put our house on Harry Kane scoring that type of chance. We'd, we'd all do it. We'd all put money, big money, on him scoring that type of chance. But I think, especially at that point, uh, Chris, everything was so we we were, we wasn't getting much at all. So suddenly we're on the break. Suddenly Harry's got it, and suddenly he's got to take a shot real quick before someone comes in and clatters him. So he's taking a shot and he scuffs it, and he's allowed to scuff it. Do you know what I mean? He is human. That's what that's what he shows us. He is human. He doesn't bang every single goal when he's in that position. We want him to. He will do the. The, the, the rest of the nine times out of ten, he's probably going to score that. But this was just that one time out of ten that he scuffed it, he hit it wrong, and it just bubbled that way. But like Darren said there, for the battle, for the amount of abuse, and maybe you can tell us this, Chris, you being in the crowd as well, the amount of abuse that Chelsea was giving to him, because I saw 
Harry. I mean, I read some lips. Yep, I, I read Harry. Them. Okay, okay. So you know what I'm saying, Dal. Like Chris, you didn't see the replay, so maybe you don't know. But he said a couple. He said two words in particular. The the second word was off. Um, but he shouted it at the. He almost shouted it at the Chelsea uh, crowd. And I was thinking to myself, there must be something where they're on him, where they're jeering him every time yeah. he touches the ball, or if he misses, they're like, Ugh. you know, whatever they were doing, they were doing, and. But for him to be shouting out that, which we've hardly ever seen from, from Harry, for him to be that frustrated, I think is a good thing. Because it made sure that, you know, think about how many people jumped up at that same time. Lucas, Richarlison, and Kane. But Kane was like, get out of here. I'm get Like, he got, yeah. he, he bundled his way in there and he was going to make sure, a bit like that Man City goal last year, he was going to make sure he scored that. So he did. And I'm glad about that. And... It's always a tough place to go, Chelsea, man. We, you know, you know, Chris, it's always a tough place to go, bro. Like, you was there three times within a month and we didn't score a damn goal. I hate it. I absolutely hate it, Rick. I really do. I hate everything about the place. I put a tweet out a couple of months ago, say, well, when we last lost there, saying, I hate Stamford Bridge. And the tweet just went nuts. And it was mainly Chelsea fans taking the mickey saying he, he hates Chelsea that much, which I really do. I, I hate coming here. Um, but unfortunately, Harry Kane does get a lot of stick when, uh, when of course, we play our biggest rivals, Chelsea and Arsenal. And, uh, you know, it must get to some of the players sometimes. It really must. But um, So was he getting it then, Chris? Was he getting absolutely. it from the crowd? Absolutely. Absolutely was. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we know, um, you know, I was very lucky a couple of months ago to play at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, and I even said to someone on the pitch, like, you will hear everything that the, the fans are shouting. You, you hear it as a footballer, you know, when you're on the pitch. It's so close. You will hear everything. Um, so it must be very frustrating and it must get to some footballers um, a lot of the time. Um, Darren, let's come to you and talk about Tottenham's equaliser, Pieter Hoybier. A decent strike from the midfielder. It was a decent strike. And I love how much it annoyed Chelsea when they ana analysed it. Talking about Richarlison being offside. Mendy can't see. Oh, my goodness gracious me. The free kick that should have been before. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious me. This is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think what, again, what I took from that was we were getting under their skin. We weren't lying down. We weren't saying we're out of the game. We weren't saying, like, Chris is gone. He's out of the game. He's gone. He's out he's of the gone. game. The, the oh, he's back in. Oh, he's back. He's all right. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Carry yeah, on, yeah, Dal. Carry on, Dal. And I think what you saw with that is that Hoybier took it well and he's starting to find that in his game now. And hopefully that improved. Being at the edge of the box, being that little bit more adventurous with Bentacore, allowing him to push on. Scored a beautiful goal, took it well. And I think, I know I at home got excited because the turn of the tide. Come on, boys. 1-1. One, one, let's go for it. Because as I say, I started the game in a very positive place. I didn't anticipate a loss. So at 1-1, one, one, I was very, very confident. And I was like, come on, come on, come on. Let's push on from it. You, you know what? Before you move on, Chris, I, can we just have a, a couple of minutes on Hoiberg for a minute? Yeah. Uh, because but Just because it's been very... I, I mean, Twitter, uh, Twitter is not a, the yardstick. Do you know what I mean? But there has been a lot of criticism of Hoiberg right now. And I didn't get to see the full game last week, as you know, Chris. I didn't get to see the full game last week, but when I watched the extended highlights, I saw Hoiberg being in 
certain blocking positions. I saw him putting balls over the top. I saw him starting counter-attack. I saw him being the warrior, the Viking warrior that he is. And yes, he didn't have the greatest of first halves, but I can say that about the majority of the team. Dyer didn't have the greatest of first half. Davies didn't. Romero didn't have the, 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 the greatest of first halves. Do you know what I mean? Bentecourt didn't have the greatest. There was, I could say, it against the whole team. But that the thing that I, I really love about Hoiberg, that he's, he's not a shy customer. He's not one to shy away from a challenge or from, from like uh, uh, an interview after a devastating loss. Or he's always there to be counted. And he's always there to put his chest and his heart on the line for the team. And it's very hard to come by. I think players like Hoiberg, he might not be Milenkovic Savic in midfield. He might not be, I don't know, I don't know, honestly. He might not be the the best in the damn world. But let me tell you something. Hoiberg, if Hoiberg was up for sale, Man United would pay us 50 to 60 million to sort out their midfield because somebody like that would, would help them so damn much. Because because of the work rate, because of the, the, the distance covered, because of the ground covered, because of everything that he puts in. He's always looking for a through ball right now. He's not just a DM. He's not just a defensive midfielder. He's looking for a through ball. He's looking for an over the top. He's looking to try and link play. And of course, some things, sometimes it doesn't happen. But I see him putting everything on the line to try and be that guy. So yes, Basuma's sitting on the bench. And yes, all of us believe that physically, you know, uh, pace, technically, th- there's a lot more attributes that are turned up on Basuma, but he ain't the guy right now. Do you know what I mean? But the fact that the Viking warrior is there in the centre midfield and he's there to be counted on every single time, I think Conte appreciate, and I think his teammates appreciate. I, I just want to open this Hoiberg talk out to the boys. Chris, Darren, please jump in, man. You know, Rick, I've always said this to you about players who play for their shirt. And he is one of those players who plays for the shirt. He loves yep. being there. He he hates us losing. There's a there's a great highlight of his whole mental attitude during the first half. We clear a ball out of our box, and he chases forward and is literally running past Harry Kane. Stops himself and then looks behind him and he's going, "Come on, like why are we sitting deep?" It's players like that that are gold. And as fans, we get sometimes blown away with the trickery, with the magicians. And we want to see magicians. And like even the goal today, people go, oh, it's a fluke. No, we have that in his kit bag. Watch him play for Denmark. He does it a lot. But what he does for Spurs is he says, I am here to work. I will sweat for you. I will get an elbow in the face for you. I I will make the tackle that no one wants to make. I will mark the person no one's marking. He's dogged, he's resilient, and he plays. He doesn't come off the pitch leaving anything to be, like, washed off. Everything is left on the pitch. He needs everything there. And these are the players that we need in and amongst our squad. And everyone needs them. Because you look at McFred, McTominay, what? That whole midfield there is a highlight of when you don't have the right attributes. We are blessed right now to have four in our middle that all will fight for the shirt and all will give the fans what they want to see. A player who puts in a tackle, puts in a pass, and he's going to try and score a goal. And yes, we may be missing a creator of the four and one who kind of elevates himself as a creative partner. But what they bring on the pitch, I'm a fan of his. I don't want to see the Dane go anywhere right now. 
I'm very happy what he did. And I'm glad, I'm glad he got a goal today, especially when he was one for me who was trying to push the team on. He was really trying. Chris, what about you? You watch him live every every week, bro. Like, do you know what, Rick? I, I actually am expecting that Basuma will replace him in the centre of midfield soon. Um, but I completely agree with you guys. You know, over the last couple of years, and I've said this a lot as well over the last couple of years, I expected him to come in um, at some point and be the new Tottenham Hotspur captain if Hugo Lloris had left. Um, you know, I get the passion. I get all of that. And I love that. I love to see that as a fan. I love, uh, you know, to, to see the uh, the passion on someone's face and to actually uh, really want it, which Pierre Mihoybeer always does. Um, I don't think that, um, he's like a, a super duper midfielder. I, I, I right. think we can. Do, I, I do think we can do better, um, and I think that's why Pesuma has been brought in. Um, but I love to have Pierre Mihoybier in the squad. You know, if he was ever injured or suspended or whatever, and and this is what I love about Antonio Conte as well. Whenever a player isn't playing or part of the squad, they are still on the bench or there or thereabouts. He he likes to involve everybody, um, and this is why it's so interesting to see that. Lacelso on Dombele, Harry Winks, Regulon. You know, if you're out of the squad, you're out of the squad. There, there is no way back for you. Um, but if you're in, you're in and you're part of it. And, and I love Antonio Conte for that. But I do think we can do better than Pierre Mihoibier, but I do like him in the squad. Um, but, you know, this is what this transfer window is all about. It was about strength and depth. And, uh, you know, as you guys have said, um, you know, the, the bench is so much better than it was last season. Um, but I do think Antonio Conte will start to integrate these players even more. And I think that Basuma will be a regular starter. And I, and I do expect, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Hoybier doesn't start the, the next game and Basuma is in the starting eleven. I wouldn't mm. be at all surprised if that happened. And I'd probably agree with it as well. Um, Ricky, let's stay with you. Um, 75th minute, Havertz missed another glorious chance for Chelsea. And then just two minutes later... James put them 2-1 up. He seemed to be in so much space. And again, I don't want to... I, I feel like I'm being a little negative on this chat, um, you know, but I, I just want to add a little bit of balance as well because, you know, he was in a lot of space. It does worry me, the fact that we have uh, conceded two goals today and the way that we have conceded them. Um, does it worry you? I mean... It doesn't worry me, and I'll tell you why, because I believe that Conte, with whatever mistakes we made, like I said earlier, that he will find the solution to them. So it doesn't worry me. But do, did I clock the same things that you were clocking? Absolutely. Did, I, I saw, especially at that point in time, our whole team shift over to that right side, and there was so much space. There was so much space on Chelsea's right, our left. There was so much space. So as soon as they nicked the ball, I saw it happening, right? I saw it happening. But when I look back at it, and when I start thinking about it, that's when we went to a back four. And I was thinking that maybe, and I don't know whether this is it, but maybe they switched off in the sense that they thought that there was an extra player there. Now, they've been playing back three with two yeah. backs, a back five for a long time. So maybe yeah. when they were there, they've switched to a back four. They're like, right, we're on the back four. But we're dealing with this throw-in. They've pushed up. And I think that Davies, I think it was Davies, but um, I think that Davies expected or thought that there was an extra one there. Just just believe that there was an extra one there. And there wasn't. And I think that that's a, it's, it's not something worrying, but it's definitely a lesson to be learned. 
um, especially when we're changing and switching into formations. Now, if we compare it to Chelsea, Chelsea switched and changed their formation, especially within the back line, like water. It was smooth. You didn't notice uh, you didn't notice a thing. You didn't notice it. You didn't notice it when they went to a back four, back three, back five. You didn't notice. They were fluid. And uh, that's where we're getting to. That's where we need to get to, where we're fluid uh, w- within changing, especially the back four, back five, back three. Especially when we do that. Because that was a lapse of concentration. That was, uh, ah, Cess is there. Oh, no, damn it. Cess has been taken off. Oh, wait, it's me. And uh, and the space was there. Um I, I see this as, uh, look, I, I called this game today a yardstick, and it was. Um, but all of the positives and all of the negatives. Now, the positives are great to speak about, but the negatives are worth more to us. And I know that sounds crazy, but they're worth more to us, especially at this time right now, where the transfer window is still open, and we've just finished preseason, we've just started the season, this is game day two, this lesson right now it, it is vital. These lessons that we learned from Chelsea are vital when we go up against Liverpool, when we go up against Man City, when we go up against the Gooners and Man United and, and West Ham, all of these things, all of these other teams that we're going to go up against. This lesson right here is pivotal and it's pivotal to learn right now. And that's why, and again, I don't know this, I'm just guessing, but that's why they're probably gonna only going to have one day off and they'll be back in on Tuesday running these situations, running these plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I, I know, um, you know, if some people think I'm being negative about this result, I'm absolutely not. It's a fantastic result at Stanford Bridge and to show real character of us coming back twice um, to get the point in in the fashion that we did as well, particularly uh, when uh, Chelsea had so many chances in the game. I think it was fantastic. Um, Antonio Conte actually said after... Um, I have to be honest, today Chelsea showed uh, to be better than us, but we can do better. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Talk us through the uh, Harry Kane goal, uh, 2-2 in the 96th minute. Um, because it's funny, actually, 96th minute, um, you know, it was literally one of the last kicks of the game or, or last headers of the game. And a couple of fans, like next to me, they, they'd left early. They thought Spurs had lost again at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, a number of fans did leave early. Mental. You know what I was going to say before you told me that, Chris? I was going to salute our fan base because at home, all you could hear was us. You could not hear Chelsea. All you could hear was us. Anytime I'm muted, all I could hear was our boys but, but, loud but down, and proud. But, but don't say anything about those fans because I'll tell you what, I know how they feel. You know, when when the fans that, that regularly go to the away games, I tell you what, as we said already, Stanford Bridge is just one of those places you just think, is it ever going to happen? I know four years ago, and I said this on my video earlier, and it may sound crazy to some people, but four years ago when we beat them at the bridge 3-1 with uh, a Deli Ali brace and a, a Christian Eriksen goal, that actually remains one of my favourite days of supporting Spurs, that day, that away day. Because when you go somewhere again and again and again and again, and you come away with very, very little, and we've been, you know, let's face it and be honest about it, we've been battered there a number of times over the years. Um, so to get a win there, uh, you know, one win in 30 years, a 30-year you know, Premier League history, it's just madness. So I think some of those fans just thought, it's another day at the bridge where we're coming away with nothing. So, yeah. I feel them. I, we, we all feel them. And I think what I appreciated about that last period of play 
when we saw six minutes go up on the board, I was like, yeah. come on, come on. And I think every Spurs player did the same. And there was that period of play, it was like three corners in a row. And on mm. the third run, I was like, it's coming, it's coming. And I think what I saw in that, and it was highlighted, I think, earlier, when I think, Ricky, you said it, that Kane, um, Richarlison and Mora, all three of them were in a line jumping for it. All three of them would have scored. Like, it was, everyone wanted it. Everyone had the will to be in there. Everyone was, it's the last one. Let's get the goal. Let's get the win. And that's new for us. That's a new attitude, especially at that ground. We all wanted it. And I think that's why it will feel like a win today. And I know, like, I was speaking to some of the Spurs boys earlier, and they're celebrating like it's a win. And I get it. Because what we did to them in terms of the mentality, they twice were in the lead and twice we came back. That's new Spurs. We came back in a way that was ugly. That that little corner period, we were putting the pressure on. We were squeezing. We were trying to compress them. And Mendy did a great save in that. you got to remember that he tipped one over the bar and like, oh, that was a good save. So it wasn't like we were just numbers in a box trying to do a wildness. There was method to the madness. I don't know if we can say that this, this tactician on set pieces is starting to come into play, but they knew the runs. They knew where to put the ball. Perotic was putting it in that. That's what I call a hot spot. As a defender, you don't know where to go. As a keeper, you don't know where to come. But as an attacker, all you need to do is get a little bit on it, as Kane did, and it's going in. Get a touch and it's in. And listen, that was a beautiful moment. And are we going to talk about our, 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 our favourite moment in the game? Like, it, you know what? It's he was checking for clips because... out. He was checking for clips in the weave. He was like, nah, Rick. man, this is... What is it? Is it sewed in? What is going on here? Let me just check. Let me just... That's all he was doing. And it he, wasn't and he even that. He saw the fly. There was a fly that flew and he tried to get the fly out of his hair. He was trying to be kind to him. And then he, just, he moved him out the way so he could just make Darren, the challenge. Darren, can you be a little bit more descriptive for our audio uh, listeners? Okay. <laughs> but for, for my, my audio friends. Now, there was a moment in the game where Ooh. Romero took a certain liking to uh, a certain gentleman whose hair was what I would call the soul glow. It was free and flowing. And he decided to reach in left hand right into the roots. If you can still see me for the Yes YouTube crew in the roots. So we're talking the back of the head, the dome. He had a solid grip there. And I don't know if he's looking for a fly. If you want to know what gel he used, he may want to buy it for his missus. I don't know. But he got so deep in there that he had to then remove this individual and allow him to get out of the way because maybe the smell was too fruity. Maybe he was thinking about what's going to happen later. But he had to remove him and VAR could do nothing about it. The referee could do nothing about it. And it was one of those moments that if it was, if we were on the receiving end as fans, if someone did that to one of our boys, we're raging. But you know what? We did it to someone else. Robbie Savage is probably there. His, his inbox must be going crazy because that was probably what happened to Savage most of the time. If you've got long hair, you're, 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 you're allowing yourself to be open to those kind of things. In the box, it's, it's a, a, Graham Sooners kept using the term, it's a man's game. I don't like that because the women won the cup. Let's remember. It's a beautiful game, but also there's a dark art to the game. There's a, there's a moment where you, you have to put your stamp on someone else. The reason why I use the term stamp Go back to the ninth minute, gentlemen. Romero got a stamp left on him by a certain young man who got a little drag back later. And that's the what we're doing, Tottenham, now. We're remembering. Chelsea have to make a substitution because Romero showed someone, I'm coming for you. 
Don't play with me. I'm coming. We're a different beast now, this Tottenham. I like this new beast. I like the energy behind it. Chris, how was that for the audio crew? Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Ricky, I was going to talk a little bit about the fitness because um, I was very lucky to go to South Korea and, and watched and witnessed those 42 lengths of the pitch that some of the players tried to uh, finish. Some of them didn't obviously finish it. Um, but the fitness, um, I know some people hate me talking about Mauricio Pochettino, but it kind of brings me back to that because in the 96th minute, you know, when we got our equaliser today, it was like it was the first 10 minutes um, you know, the, the players seemed very, very fit. And I'll tell you what, it was boiling hot out there today. I, and, and now we're seeing why Conte done all of this fitness work. You know, it's starting to pay off. I know it's only game day two. It's only the second game of the season. Yeah. But it start, we're, we're starting to see the benefits of that fitness. Now, I don't know whether you saw a, um, uh, a Spurs TV training that they put out maybe last week. But they were having um, small-sided games, and there was two teams. There was, you know, a team on this side of the training pitch, and then way over on the other side, there was another team. And after a certain period of time, they had to switch, right? So they've scored a couple of goals. They've had this game. They battle, they battle, they battle. And then they have to run to the other pitch and start again, yeah, with the same team but they've got to run the whole way to the other pitch and then start again. That was another kind of step up of that same type of length back and forth because none of them stopped running. You had to get there first and you had to be there quick to score the first goal or to get the first attack against the other team. So this fitness ain't going nowhere or this fitness training ain't going nowhere as yet. And we're seeing that the, the benefits of it, to be able to handle that heat today, to be able to handle the intensity, to be able to handle the press that Chelsea put on us, to be able to handle everything that was thrown at us and still be able to score a goal on 95, 96 minutes? Are we crazy? This is what we're seeing right now, that even when we're under the cosh, we're going to, like our fitness and our organisation and everything that, we're, we, that has been put into us, and this is why Conte was talking about the seven months of experience on the back of the players that are already there, not so much the new players, but the players that were already there. That's why he trusts them a lot. Because not only do they have the kind of, those seven months, but they have that seven months of fitness and that understanding going on. So we're seeing today, I think today was a great example uh, of the payback that we're going to get as fans from those players running those hard yards. And it hasn't stopped. It's not going to stop. Once we start going to two, three games a week, you know, some of these players uh, uh, on the opposition, like some of these other sides, they're going to start faltering. They're going to start wilting real, real quick. But we ain't going to do that because we've got so much competition, fight, fitness, organisation, mentality, togetherness right now. It's the first time in a long time that I felt that regardless of what comes at us, we can handle it. And today you know, was a small example of that. And we've only just started. So, bro, like, wherever we're at right now, like I said, the yardstick, wherever we're at right now, this is just a baseline. We ain't, we ain't even started yet. We ain't even begun. We haven't even begun to do what we're about to do. So this is just the beginning. Just wait. Chris, just wait. On your fitness thing, Chris, I think also to highlight today, the hardest part of football is when you don't have the ball. Yeah, and we did not have the ball for so many minutes in this game. Chelsea moved the ball so well. well. 
in the first 45 minutes, Chelsea actually had 70% possession. So, yeah. And that's yeah. where the fitness really comes in. In that heat, not having the ball, you really see how fit the boys were. As you quite rightly said, to be in the 90, 94th, 95th minute, to still be running like it's the first 10, that shows how high that fitness level is. And um, we've not been that high for a very long time. Like you said, going back to the Poch days. So it's a real testament to, to Conte, the coaching yeah. staff. This squad is a lot fitter. Mm. Well, one other result in the Premier League today. Nottingham Forest won West Ham United nil. Uh, West Ham and oh. Manchester United have now played two. And they've uh, oh. they've lost two. What, what are your thoughts oh. on, on that, guys? Oh, that's, it's, it's, it's a shame, that, isn't it? It's a shame. <laughs> I mean, oh, goodness. What are we going to do? Laugh. Ha, ha. That's <laughs> what we're going to do. We're going to laugh. And you know why we're going to laugh? Because Lingard nearly scored. That would have made it even worse. He nearly got the winner. Outrageous. But you know what? I won't laugh too loud until we meet them. I won't laugh too loud until we meet them. Yeah, yeah. Well, our next couple of games, um, Wolves at home and then Nottingham Forest away. Um, Ricky, let's come to you on this. Uh, last question for both of you. Um, how do you see the next couple of games going? Do you think Antonio Conte will change anything up? Yeah, I, I think he will, uh, especially against Wolves. I think he will try a couple of new things. And I think it will be positive. For those that come in, that have been waiting for their start, they're going to have to kind of perform. For those that drop out, they're going to be burnt enough to be like, oh, wait, I want to be in the next game. I don't, I don't like this feeling of kind of sitting here. I mean, I'm here for the team, but I don't like it sitting on the bench right now. So I'm going to have to work even harder next week in training so that I'm there for the next. So, bro, I, I, I do see him changing a few things up. I, I know he wants to start Perisic, but the fitness, the injury, the recovery, and even when he played, uh, I don't know what game it was. It might have been the preseason, the last preseason game. I can't remember. But Conte said something along the lines of, yeah, he played okay, he played well, but it's not the Perisic that I know. And that is to do with fitness. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. And, and getting him up to match fitness and match speed. And as soon as he, Conte believes that he's there, he will start him. I thought he would have started today. Um, but I think he's definitely going to chuck him in against Wolves. And if 60, 70 minutes we see him flagging, then we've got Sessegnon on the bench to come on and run, run him ragged with his pace and dynamism. Um, I think Basuma will come in at some point. He, I, I don't know whether he'll come in against Wolves, but maybe, maybe he will. Because he, he had the, he, COVID and then he had a hamstring tweak, right? So he's still getting up to speed as well. He hasn't done all of his 42 laps yet either, Chris. So, you know, there's still a couple of levels to go, especially while we're in this period of time. Uh, before the transfer window shuts, I think everyone's still on pre-season. Those that are up to uh, the, the highest fitness will start. Those that are, are kind of 100% trusted by Conte will start. Those are, that are just below the level, you, sorry, but you're on the bench. Do you know what I mean? And we're, we're going to carry on building and building and building. Uh, and then we'll see. But um, yeah, I do foresee a couple of changes against uh, Wolves. I'm going to say Perisic. I'm going to say maybe Basuma. Maybe Basuma comes in for his first game, first start. Uh, but I reckon the majority will be the same. 
And um, I'm, I'm saying a big win, bro. Uh, I'm going to go like maybe like 3-1, maybe 4-1, four, 3-1 four, again. I, I, I feel it in my bones that whoever we come up against, not only can we compete against them, but we can win. And one last thing before I forget as well, Chris, this is the last question. When Chelsea started singing, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. What the hell happened? There was a, that was a super reaction. So whichever opposite, opposition side want to start singing that about Tottenham, please do. Do it. I encourage you because it only gets the best reaction out of our side right now to shut you up. Do you know what I mean? To shut the Chelsea lot up and to shut whoever opposition fans we are playing against up when you want to come and try it with that song. The only team that you can sing that song about right now is Man United. So good luck. Well said, Rick. Um, Darren, let's come to you. Um, now, our good friend, Leo the Lion, um, oh, said, really? said, yeah. said, said on this show last week that Tottenham will win the Premier League. Darren, what's your thoughts on that? I, I, I love Leo. You know I love him. You know I love him to bits. You, you, know, you, you know I love him, yeah? But I'm not going to say we're going to win the league, Leo. I can't back you with that one. You know I said top four last year and I was all over it. What I can say with my chest is that we're going to be up there and that's where we belong. Top four and pushing, we're going to be up there. It's down to Man City and Liverpool to throw away points. If they do that, they give everyone else a chance. I don't know where, after watching Man City already this season, I don't know where they're dropping many points. But we're going to be up there. Today, as Ricky said about the yardstick, Chelsea was a great place to benchmark ourselves. Where are we? There is improvement still to come. As you spoke about our next two games, there is rotation in this squad that is going to start happening. Conte is going to be tweaking. That best 11 may become a different best 11 as we go through the season with other players being integrated. However, to say win the league, I can't do that. But to say we're up Look, there, absolutely. I, I see you, brother. I see you. I see. You stand by it, but you stand by a lot of things. But I can't stand by that thing there. All I can say is, I know we're up there with the top four. I know we're rightfully going to compete. And you know what? I want you to be right here. That's that's what I want. I want that to be the way. I would love us to do it. it it's in our, it's, it's capable. We're capable. It's not a crazy thing to say. We could win the league. Because everyone's got to play the same amount of games. And if you put in the result and you get it, then you get it. So it's not crazy talk. But I'm just going to say confident. What I can say is we're going to be top four guaranteed. That's my guarantee. What I want is the trophy. Because, Chris, you deserve it. Look, Leo's trying to convince you here. This is the best time to dream. Do it. Leo, I always dream. But I don't <laughs> dream impossible dreams. i got a whole lot to... You know I'm Mr. Positivity out here. You know I've got this one. Ricky, Ricky What's that? Come to me, Damn. come to me, come to me. Go on, go on then, Rick. Listen, look, Leo, my brother, and to all of those that believe that we can win the league, Listen, don't ever think that Conte's not thinking about winning the league. Absolutely. Conte's thinking about winning the league. And what I've said to you, Chris, is that second minimum, that's where I'm at. I reckon we're going to... Because it is so vital. This season is so different to every single season. We are going to... There you go. We are going to have the World Cup in December where we almost have a break. So this is why I've said, especially in pre-season, that... The first half of the season is really, really important. It's really important. If we can be up there real close to everybody else, 
Do you know what I mean? Man City or Liverpool or around the same, within three points, five points of them, come the break, then we're in a fantastic position to go on. Liverpool have got a ton of players that are going to the World Cup. Uh, Man City, ton of players that are going to the World Cup. We're going to have a couple of players going to the World Cup too. But, but for me, I feel that we're coming from a different mentality where as soon as they turn back up to Tottenham, that Conte is going to have them ready to go. You know, if they're disappointed about dropping out at whatever stage and whatever nationality they are, dropping out at whatever stage, Conte is going to get them back and get them, you know, fr- from their chest to their gut, he's going to get them going again for when we start restart the season. We don't know how Liverpool or Man City are going to be able to handle the players being away, the, what players come back, what players have heartbreak, what players can't focus, what, you know, the little slips. I mean, I know it's only early, but Liverpool, you know, they, they kind of dropped two points against Fulham. And who knows what's coming? You know, who knows what's coming? Oh, you... On the Watford story. I knew that was coming, as I was saying, you know what's coming. On the Watford story, Chris, we, we, can, we can put it out. Me and Chris, we've had, like, we've had schedules that keep clashing, okay? That keep clashing. But we have put it in to do next week. So by the time that the show's on next week, Saturday, Sunday, whenever that game's on, it should be there. It should be there before the next game, all right? Me and Chris are going to make it happen. What we're going to do is we're going to record it like this. Instead of me recording it by myself and getting all the technical issues, we're going to record it like this. We're going to have some interaction and we're going to put it out as soon as we can, all right? But I apologize on the delay. That is my fault. Okay, so but to all of you that are waiting for that damn rubbish Watford story that you all know already, I'm not in Watford colours. What are you talking about, bruv? This is Tottenham up in here, man. What are you talking? I've got Champions League on my sleeve, bruv. Don't don't mess up, bruv. What are you talking about, Watford? Crazy, bruv. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. And then and then no one can ever mention the Watford story again, Rick. Yeah. Please, please, no. I mean, they can mention it, but when they ask me to retell it, just go to Chris's video. You can watch it again. I'm not retelling it ever again. We can mention it, and I know you're going to get me, fans. I know you're going to banter me for the rest of the season, but I'm not telling it again. It's going to be on the channel, so if you want to know the full story, it will be there ASAP, right? I should probably probably apologise to you, Rick, actually, for tweeting that picture of that Watford map. I should have just sent it to you personally, but I couldn't help myself. I found it and I just thought unbelievable. So I just had to uh, tweet that out and uh, and say, do you need this? Listen, even the, missus, even the missus was cracking up at me when I showed her that. She's like, wait, are they still getting you about Watford? I'm like, wait, babe, have a look at this. Look what Chris just sent me. I just sent him a happy birthday message. I don't know how this has come back on me. I have no clue how this has come back on me. But look what he sent me. And she just was cracking up, <laughs> laughing on the down floor, bruv. So, Outrageous. well done. Great joke. <laughs> Darren, defended Darren defended you. Um, Darren, he actually, did. lastly, um, I just thought I'd better mention as well that Antonio Conte will not be in the dugout uh, for the Wolves game because, of course, he got his red card today. Yes. Now, we may have, uh, we may be able to fight that because from what I've discovered, it wasn't a second yellow. It was a straight red. Now, if it's a straight red, if you look at the incident that actually happened, he wasn't at fault for it. If you look at what happened, he shakes his hand, and as he goes yeah. to go away, he's pulled in. So he's he's not the aggressor. That may be changed. However, I know people have already made the joke that we could have Ryan Mason 
in the dugout. So it could be that Harry Winks starts our next game. Who knows? Who knows? It could all go crazy. But yeah, it will be interesting that Conte won't be there. And I think just on the back of what everyone's talking about, the World Cup and stuff, my reasoning for not being, we could win it, the league, the World Cup plays a massive factor because Harry Kane is so relied upon for England. And I think in that World Cup, he could come back burnt out. He could come back absolutely frazzled. And that is a concern of mine, that going into the second half of the season, what has he got left emotionally and physically could be an issue. If the World Cup wasn't there, I probably would be more, less one-two. We could upset Liverpool. We could upset somebody. But I'm being realistic and I'm holding on to third. That's my thinking. So, Ricky, you're going to go for a 3-1 win against Wolves. I'm going to go for a 2-0. Yep. Um, I'm going to go for our first clean sheet of the Premier League season. Darren, what are you going to go for? Yeah. Yep, I was going to go the same. I was going to go 2-0 because I think Wolves ain't got a goal in them right now and I think we could get a solid clean sheet there. Fantastic. Well, Darren, thanks so much for coming on again. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure being back. I know we've been trying to get me back on the squad. I've been having little niggles, little injuries, so I didn't want to come on too soon. But now I'm back. I'm fighting fit, ready to go. Let's have it. And Darren, lastly, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Can we see you in any more adverts? Of course, I'm always on an ad causing corruption. So I know I've been spotted on an oat furniture. There's a couple others still to be seen. And, you know, right there, original heart, man. That's where I'm on every social. And Spurs fans, I love you like cooked food. You guys are amazing. The family that we have as a unity is beautiful. And let's make sure when we play our neighbours, we give them the stick that they rightfully deserve. And Ricky, thanks so much for coming on again. And uh, I'm so sorry about all this Watford stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, don't you worry. Don't you worry. And I know you're not really sorry, Chris, but thank you for saying it. But don't you worry. All right, listen, everyone, you know, I, I love the, the, the community that we've built on this channel and the last word of Spurs and on Twitter and stuff like that. We've got a great community and I love the interaction. I love the banter. I love the tweets. Some people have been sending me DVD covers that they've made up of my face. And oh my gosh. So the creativity, look, big up to all of you. But listen, I'm always, it's always an honor and a pleasure to be on with yourself and my brother, Hartman, over there. And it's been a great show again. I'm glad that we got the result. I'm glad that we got at least a draw. And um, we had a good giggle and, 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 a, and a great kind of chat as well. So long may it continue. This is just the beginning of the season. Oh, there, there's many glory days to come. So I look forward to them. And, and hopefully we can speak about them more than the damn Watford story, the cheese on bread. All right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, Darren and Ricky, thanks so much. And thanks, obviously, to Russ, who left us earlier. Uh, really enjoyed his input as well. And hopefully we can get another three points on the board next weekend against Wolves in the Premier League. Until then, thanks for watching, everybody. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Come on.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with the homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to Care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers, and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use Care.com. Visit Care.com today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 